Mom's your Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Fear Bag, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler McRae, and join with me is now what we can call a, I guess, a fan favourite, you know, a recurring guest star. Could even say the uh, Troy McClure of this uh, review series. I'm joined once again by Sash Steele. Sash, how are we doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Oh, Troy McClure, that's a, a big name to live up to, uh, Tyler, there. But yeah, no, no, stuff's going well. Uh, happy to be back. I do enjoy this episode, so uh, happy to be on for it. A bit of IRL news, folks. I ended up seeing um, Sash about a month ago to celebrate uh, Soul Muppet Publishing's uh, one-year anniversary of Best Left Buried in the lovely uh, Dice Cup board game cafe in Nottingham. If you do get a chance to go, folks, it is a lovely little set we've got there. From all sorts of, um, you know, your intense D&D sessions to your bits of Scrabble to your exploding kittens. They've got it all. Now, uh, Sasha's a bit of free pimping and plugging here. How would you describe uh, Best Left Buried to those who aren't aware of the type of games there and what it means? It's a ghouls-like fantasy horror RPG. So it's sort of like Dungeons and Dragons, except it's a bit more gritty and a bit more realistic. Um, it kind of looks at the real consequences of dungeon delving um, and all the sort of lasting effects your characters would have. So don't get too attached to your characters and be prepared to send them on a slippery slope into uh, fear and danger and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, it's quite fun. It's quite spooky. Uh, it's got a lot of cool monster art in it by our collaborator Ben Brown. Um and yeah, it's just a nice, sleek piece of game design, really. And the episode we're reviewing today is King Size Homer from season seven, episode seven. Uh, directed by Jim Reardon, written by Dan Graney, with the original air date being November the 5th, 1995. And the couch gag being The Simpsons are in five malfunctioning wind wind up dolls who odd all the way up to the couch. Now, as I say, with our, all our co hosts here, Sash, do you have any initial first memories of this episode and what was your initial thoughts of it? I don't remember when I first watched it but a lot of stuff um, stuck in my mind about this episode. It's one of those ones that I've been quoting for years without actually kind of consciously remembering that it's a Simpsons quote. Um, We'll probably get to the parts that I remember in the episode but yeah there's some really iconic bits and obviously Homer's iconic outfit in this episode as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. It was good to revisit. I'd forgotten the ending completely, and that got a good laugh out of me as well. For me, um, I can't remember the very first time I saw it, but I always link this episode with um, the big campaign Channel 4 ran for when they first got the rights to the show The Simpsons at 6. So, you know, it was big in 2004, and I believe this is one of the hot episodes they ran in the first few weeks, and I always um, link it with that, um, finishing school and coming home and having my tea in time for The Simpsons. So there's a lot of lovely uh, childhood memories linked with this episode. We jump right into this episode, folks. No uh, messing about here. We see a men's uh, bathroom door and bang, 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 bang. And it's Smithers and the um, hired goons trying to get into the men's toilet here. And Simpsons up to something. Homer is up to something, but we don't quite know what. They barge in. It's been barricaded in there. And um, we can't see any feet in the stalls, in the closed stalls, so Smithers is a bit of it dip-do and picks the middle stall, 
boots open, and there's Homer, feet in the toilet, highly embarrassed, but gets dragged out, kicking and screaming. And turns out this is all for um, not even like a whole session, but five minutes of um, light exercise, light calisthenics. And then we cut to outside, and we see um, we see Burns in his vintage pre-war workout gear with a big Yale top here. I will say, um, as a start, I like a lot of alternate costumes in anything, games, films, um, series, you name it. Um, and I like seeing the characters in other costumes. And obviously Homer, we will get to him, folks, in his probably most iconic uh, outfit. But what do you think of Burns here in his regime here? Yeah, this is really um, just like such a good character moment for Burns. I love anything that reminds us how completely old-fashioned he is and how out of step with like actual modern life um just him doing his dorky little uh routine in his car keys i don't know whatever like slacks whatever he's wearing is just like they are proper old man trousers they yeah. are but you're right it's just get it's they're knowing the character very well and right and uh, designing around it you've got the old school um the old school megaphone there you've got the big yale y even just the way he's um, leading the exercise, you know, raise your left hock, not a leg. <laughs> like I, I, I associate the word hock with like, um, you know, bawdy 50s. You know, lift those games, you know, look at them hocks. Yeah. And aerate it. Oh, my word. Homer's not enjoying it. He's um, gassed out in his pants and that. But Lenny and Carl loving it, you know, works out every kind of muscle, every part of the body, especially his big fat mouth. And Homer's trying to join in. Yeah, especially... Oh, wait, no. But they're trying to do push-ups and everything else. And Homer's just hating life, hating every single minute of it. And he questions, you know, Oh, Charlie, how the hell did he get out of this? And um, turns out he's at home on disability. And this gives Homer a great idea. He um, he decides he wants to be initially, you know, at least off work for a few weeks on disability. Uh, goes to a construction site. Very sort of has this construction site there, no hard hats and falling tool zone and everything else. And he um he gleefully tries to jump into harm's way there, missing a wrench, and then like a belt sander, and then one actual construction worker comes along and well It's a great line from Homer there, isn't there? He's like, Oh, uh, in hindsight that probably shouldn't it's probably a good thing that didn't happen to me or something. <laughs> yeah, a fellow gets killed here, folks. There's cinder blocks in a wheelbarrow and just great foley on that crush there and <laughs> yeah ho- uh, Homer with 2020 there they don't normally do like death for laughs in the Simpsons do they they actually usually play it pretty straight so this is as far as I can remember anyway so this is quite a jarring sort of dark comedy moment but yeah I did admit it got a bit of a scandalised laugh out of me it was like oh my god I can't believe they actually just did that Homer tries to take his um it's fake injury indoors in the plant there and puts a bit of oil slick down and he thinks, you know, oh, disability, here I come. Has a little slide and keeps going and going and going so gracefully <laughs> and right into Burns' office there. I think you even get a bit of wind in the hair. Yeah, the best part of that scene is uh, watching Smithers, Lenny and Carl and their blank faces as they watch him go past. It's just like so perfectly done. At least Burns has the decency to help him out there, give him a little nudge with his cane. And I think it's quite cute. Homer's even a little bite. Thank you. As he scoots on out of there. Homer sat down at his console reading, Am I Disabled? And um, 
I guess, I don't know, I think I'll make maybe a, a meme counter or a meme watching this episode, folks. I put this down as meme number one. I've seen this on many um, meme share sites, you know, Simpsons bought posting and all the other Facebook pages. And a lot of it seems to be Sash. Uh, imagine it like, oh, you know, when you push the door instead of supposed to be pulling it and then it's home, you know, am I disabled? <laughs> for, those li- for those little foibles in life or, you know, like uh, you get help from the teacher and you go, Oh, thanks, Mum. Am I disabled? Yeah, straight away. Homer's looking up all these symptoms, you know, achy, breaky pelvis and everything else, but he's not getting anything. He's sick of being healthy, but he knows something he can go for, for disability, and that's hyper-obesity. He must reach 300 pounds in order to claim disability and uh, live his dream of working from home. Hey, wait. Hyper-obesity. If you weigh more than 300 pounds, you qualify as disabled. You can do it, old boy. Yes, I can. Yes, yes, that's the spirit. I was going to say, there's a nice little triumphant uh, piece of music. There's like a little chime of achievement when he like hits on the disability thing as an idea. It's like, da, 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 and it's just like really funny. Yeah. And from that, we get into, um, well, I mean, the Simpsons animators do great, vivid imaginations and sort of dreams and cutaways. And we get one of Homer going to a very Jack and the Beanstalk imagery of a big pot of gold at the top of this hill with a 300 pounds on it. And I'd say an underrated moment in this show. Just the little bit going, you can do it, old boy. And he's ready to go on his um, hunt, but he gets a bit peckish, gets a bit of the pig. Oh, yes, that's a spirit, old boy. Sash, do you um, do you have your own sort of influence and motivating um, forces, much like this little pig here? How do you motivate you know yourself? What? I don't, but I really should adopt a, a very British, smart, coattail-wearing pig into my uh, imaginative landscape, I think because it seems to be doing wonders for Homer, so... I guess uh, I'll use code names here, folks, but, um, Sash, I believe uh, Mr Cox would be right at home with being the pig, what with um, what with his dress sense and the sort of voice in the background he can do. I'm not sure he'd take too kindly to that comment, but, um, yeah, possibly. I, I think maybe he would. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but Homer's completely motivated by this, and he goes to tell Bart, and Bart's really supportive. I will say, as much as you see Homer getting at his kids or getting at Marge, I always find it really sweet when you see Bart, whether for good or bad, supporting his father there. Just It makes me feel warm inside, Sasha. Don't know about yourself. Yeah, same. This is quite a nice moment. Like, uh, I really enjoy the dynamics when it's the family conspiring against an outside problem rather than each other. It just kind of shows them being very dysfunctional but also working together um, and it is quite heartfelt Bart says I can't remember he says a great line about how uh, I'd absolutely love to help you achieve this or whatever it's like funny in the moment but it's also quite sweet but we see like an and this always this always got me like the first few times I watched it in memory Um, there's this purple pill that's no right being there and then you see it tilt a bit and it's Lisa and she's about to give Homer the business of why aiming for super obesity is horrible but as you would do in real life Homer gets a big scare and this got quite a big laugh out of me as well just see 
the little pillow move and by all rights, Homer shitting himself. Homer's busy trying to explain Lisa why he needs to do this in a positive way. You know, he's been a fat man trapped in a morbid. He's been a morbidly obese man trapped in a fat man's body. And, you know, how dare you sort of poo-poo my dreams? And she says, you know, any kind of obesity is really unhealthy. Please go to a doctor and check. And we cut straight to Dr. Hibbert saying, oh, you know, my God, I, I won't even be a part of this. And some great writing here. Do you have a doctor that will? Yes. And a right little smile there. And then we go right to, but of course, Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. Hi, Hi Dr. Dr. Nick. Now, there are many options available for dangerously underweight individuals like yourself. You'll want to focus on the neglected food groups, such as the whipped group, the congealed group, and the chocotastic. And remember, if you're not sure about something, rub it against a piece of paper. If the paper turns clear, it's your window to weight gain. Bye-bye, everybody! And where do you think of uh, Nick as, like you know, minor characters or tertiary characters in this show, Sash. Do you think he's a strong one? Do you think he um, he's not as powerful as, I don't know, a Willy or a Skinner or a Bumblebee man? What do you think of old Dr. Nick? I think he's pretty iconic, um, if only for the fact that he's so quotable, you know. Everyone knows, hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Like, it's one of the most uh, iconic Simpsons quotes, I think. Um, yeah, I know he's, he's just a fun ridiculous character even if, a, even if he's a bit one note like you always know what the joke's going to be oh he's going to botch whatever surgery or he's going to give some terrible advice he's still funny he's pretty iconic I'd say yeah that's what I like um, especially in these early mid seasons you get you know Hibbert's obviously the good doctor then if they want to get through a loophole or if they want to do something wacky and zany and bypass all the legal stuff they'll go to Dr Nick he was an easy sort of write in there and you might say a lot of his lines are memorable and well, the jokes he did were, you know, mostly spot on. So, and I noticed in the later ones, Sash, it's Hibbert starts to take on properties of like, oh, he's a bit of a janky doctor and all that, or he's a bit of a malpractice, and they sort of lose that. It's a shame they didn't use Nick more in the later seasons with what they do here in the mids. Doctor Hibbert sort of underwent the flounderization that a lot of the other cast members did as well, which is kind of a shame. Nick works through the um, different kind of food groups, including the whipped group, the congealed group, and the chocolatacid group. The sort of windows to weight gain, if you will. And in fact, that's one of his biggest tips there for gaining weight. Just any kind of food you have, folks, rub it against a piece of paper, and then it's your <laughs> window weight gain. And it's even his little bye-bye as he waves through. Oh, it's fantastic. Homer's busy picking out all sorts of stuff, and this is where we get our great montage, folks, for him just basically... I guess living most people's dream, um, pigging out, eating whatever the hell you want. You know, you've got sausage stuffing, Jesus H. Rice, and, you know, banana splits and all sorts. And you get to see him slowly gain weight. And I guess um, we'll bring it up now. Uh, for myself, I know, not quite sure really how to put it, but I think they do a balanced job of saying obesity is wrong, but also... You know, don't let people shame you for your weight so much. More as if, you know, okay, it's an issue, but who are you to criticise anyone anyway? I mean, what? how do you think they tackled um, the subject of obesity in this? Um, I mean, it's really hard to say coming from a place of, you know, being healthy and privileged and not obese and not having, like, lived life as a fat person. So 
I couldn't really say for sure whether it's like quote unquote offensive or anything. It's yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting take. It's just got all that typical sort of cheeky satirical ridiculousness of The Simpsons. I couldn't remember how this episode ended. You kind of eventually start to see Homer suffering the consequences and it's not all made out to be um uh you know, dream of working from home or whatever. Uh yeah, I guess I guess on reflection it's fairly balanced. Uh, as a view, you know, it's not hard. Ah, let's laugh at you know obese people, but it's also not. Um, oh, look at this like charmed life of people who are able to like live off the system of like benefits or whatever. Well, um, have a look at some behind the scenes show notes here. Um, Dan Graney, the head writer of this particular episode, made it abundantly clear that um, once Homer reached his goal of three hundred pounds, that he wasn't seen snacking or gorging on any food like he typically does in this show. So to show some sort of uh, restraint that once he hit his goal, you know, he didn't want to be... They didn't want to come off as like, oh, he's going to keep eating and eating and eating. They wanted to have a finite point where he stops and um, becomes successful. Because they had also um, the plan of... And I think they executed it really well in this episode where he's goal-driven as soon as he hits 300 pounds. And he becomes, and I I don't really see him until the big conflict and the big climax at the end. You don't see Homer be sad or look that down. He's always very chirpy and very happy once he's 300 pounds and achieved his goal and working from home. But you have him getting ever so closer to his um, weight gain goal. And um, we start to see the effects of Homer now and uh, his shape. What do you think of um, someone who... Um, is an artist and sketches and does commissions and all sorts as a have you on also often to discuss the animation. What do you think of um, the slow gradual build of Homer and then finally 300 pound Homer? What do you think of his design? Yeah, like he does look, you know, quite significantly grossly obese. Um, Cause they had a lot more onto his neck seems to be a big thing. Yeah. You can kind of just sort of imagine how that would look in real life. And, like, you know, the Simpsons obviously do just look a bit freaky because they're yellow, bug-eyed people. But it's like, oh, you can kind of see that reaction in universe as well and how they've kind of achieved that. Yeah, it's quite a... I don't know. They they do it pretty well, considering Homer's already, like, quite a uh, fat guy. They really had to redesign his body shape to, you know, really emphasise the massive amount of weight gain. And I did think they did pretty well of it, to be honest. We get another little sort of daydream sequence or fantasy sequence with Homer... Imagining the sweet life of working from home and he's got his console outside and a big sun umbrella candy machine there as well. And Marge has never been more turned on by him. He's such a vigorous young go-getter there. <laughs> and it just it just turns um it turns very oh not mental, but it just turns very out there, and then they start sort of having a bit of a waltz and to sort of make the cherry that much sweeter on top. Um, Finders is having a shit life as well looking like a 50s stockbroker you know a fella shot a load of people at the subway then the subway ran over my hair <laughs> it's so ridiculous it's so out of character for Flanders too it's just like so over the top but yeah I love the next scene after this where it segues out of their daydream yeah and you just have Homer back in real life caught in the moment he's just having a little dip in a dive to himself with the audience of Bart and Lisa there but again they're not um they're not shaming them they're just thinking 
oh, that's neat, you know, dad's happy and he's just having a little daydream to himself there. They're not really scolding him. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's quite a sweet moment. How do we do to folks? Do you enjoy Simpsons podcast as much as this one you're listening to right here? Then go check out our friends at the 411 Folks Simpsons podcast. They review the Simpsons uh, chronologically, seasons one, two, God knows whatever season they're on now, um, with jokes, japes, accents, and a whole load of fun as well. So that's the 411 Folks at Facebook. Also, if you haven't checked our podcast out, go to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, a British Simpsons podcast, and the same on our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. Now back to your regularly scheduled listening. So he needs to gain about three more pounds. This is the next day, folks. He needs to gain about three more pounds, otherwise he's got to face another day of grueling work and travel there. And Bart comes in with bad news of, oh, you know, you've ate everything in the house, you're mad oaf. You've even drank all the soy sauce, which oh, I don't even really want to think about. Whilst I was in Nottingham, folks, I helped myself to some uh, lovely mod pizza, courtesy of uh, Sash, with a great recommendation. And I had some sriracha and um, chilli oil. Now, I love both of them together, but even I overdid it. And just, I can't imagine the feeling of sloshing around a whole load of soy sauce in my belly. Let alone chilli sauce. Ugh, it, it, I don't know, it made me just cringe a bit, that line. Yeah, same, that did go through me a bit. Soy sauce is definitely best involved. It, uh, enjoyed in small doses, not by the bottle. Maggie sees Homer's trouble and, um, God bless her, ends up making a Play-Doh donut. <laughs> and from such a sweet sort of deserved little bit there, Bart then gives them the bonus of, oh, you know what, Dad, it's non-toxic. And well, Homer already, nope, that's the plush. That was excellent. He's just already eating it. It's so funny. And you get to see yeah. the little Play-Doh grease sweat on his fingers, don't you? Because it's like a darker yellow yeah, around yeah, his fingertips. Yeah. Well, it's a great little ad there. But that Play-Doh donut sends Homer over the edge and he gets his dream, folks. He gets to stay at home and work. He's finally reached his goal there. There's a big sort of press conference there with the nuclear plant. Smithers and Burns are at Homer's house now and they're willing to congratulate him for finally achieving his dream. I think I've said this many times with Cal before, but um, I do enjoy Smithers' um, multiple sort of derogatory names for um, Homer. Chair moisteners, oyster clogger, you name it. Um, neck breaker, you know, sweater man. Fantastic. And Burns having like, not even quite so secret shame towards him, you know. I love the little touch of just um, having a napkin down on his shoulder so I don't touch the gross working class fat man. Even though Burns was in this for about 30 seconds, you know, maximise your minutes, it was a... Definitely. I like the uh, Marge and Lisa interaction after this as well. Yeah, um, you know, oh, mum, you know, this is a bit scary now. At any point, were you going to step in and stop this? And Marge is just like, I don't know if this is a bit of a break in the fourth wall moment, but Marge is like, um, oh, you know, normally he drops it when he finds something else, but this season's been terrible or something. Yeah, um, it is fourth wall. I don't think it's calling out The Simpsons itself, but um, they were on Fox in the mid-90s, folks, and um, there was a lot of shit on there, particularly um, what was popular at the time there, Sash, was um, not... Exactly, Girls Gone Wild videos, but all that shocky, horribly night. World's biggest police chases and, you know, the world's greatest crane explosions and, you know, all that kind of Channel 5 shite that you get over here. So I get, believe that is what they're directly referencing or indirectly referencing to the shocky, um, overly guff stuff that Fox was producing at the time. Homer decides, oh, you know, 
technically got a new job. I've got to get myself, you know, new garments, new outfit, you know. Uh, so he goes to the vast wasteband and we have a little look through. You see all dungarines, you know, body rolls, all sorts, very large waistcoats. He's an ample customer. So the store clerk comes over and says, ah, you know, what kind of line of work do you, uh, do you go for? You know, computer programming, computer engineering, something to do with computers. Oh, well, I use a computer. Oh, what can it be? Oh, is it all the sitting and snacking? I will say, ever since joining a office job for the past nine months there, you know, my weight has been up and down myself there, so I very much know the struggles that Homer goes through. You know, you try and do well, you eat well Monday, uh, Thursday, then soon Friday comes around and it's someone's birthday and there's a lovely savoury spread on with three different kinds of Philadelphia spreadable cheese. I mean, it's just not fair, Sash. I can understand Homer's plight here. Yeah, definitely. Offices are cool places when it comes to food and constant temptation. So totally relate to that as well. We have the store clerk walk through all sorts of stuff, you know, Hawaiian suits and little body rolls and all sorts of spurs, what have you. But Homer doesn't want to look like a freak. He wants to go for a moo-moo. Now, Sash, as we know, Homer's moo-moo is truly an iconic outfit in the whole series of The Simpsons in its whole 30 years. Would you say this is your favourite alternative Simpsons character outfit? Not just Homer, Um, but in the whole. That's a really good question. Uh, You know what? It's not because I really like the pink Chanel suit that Marge wears in one episode. I can't remember what season it is. Oh, right. Um, Okay. But I think that's probably my favourite alternate outfit, to be honest with you, if I had to pick, just because that's quite an iconic iconic look. But yeah, no, this is definitely up there in terms of uh, memorableness. It always Uh, reminds me of Hit and Run. That was the first one I ever bought from the store. Oh, really? <laughs> when I had enough coins saved up, yeah. Excellent. I'd say this is a very close second. Um, I share it with a co-host who regularly guests as well, Ella Celia. Um, I'd probably say, ooh, because of that one banging meme and banging joke when Disney bought um, The Simpsons and it's Homer and it's Homer in the tattered wedding dress because it's that great joke of... Um, oh, Disney, you know, can finally have a princess they can be proud of, and it's Homer walking down the stairs in the bride's outfit. So for that joke alone, yeah. I've got to say it's Homer in the bride's outfit, cutely sniffing the flowers there. That's fair enough. Um, I don't know if it counts, but uh, I'm also a fan of... Uh, as far, it's, it's not an alternate outfit at all, but while we're here... Um, and speaking of Disney, um, Bart putting a black bra over his head and saying, I'm the mascot of an evil corporation. <laughs> Is something that I really enjoy. Homer, you know, ready to wake up for his first day work, and he's energized and like in about a split second, he's from sleeping to alarm to wah, jumping out of the bed like a big fat yellow cat. There, love that sudden movement and his big happy smile. Like I said before, he's hit his goal, and he's happy and he's large, and uh, yeah, it's just overly positive. Homer is living his best life as a. Uh, Lil Duval says he's ready to uh, attack the day. He comes down to his console there, and this is the first time he's ever been early to work, apart from all the daylight saving days as he farmers. Again, more relatable content, especially now we're uh, entering winter in the UK here, folks, and we've um, just put the clocks back, which um, is an antiquated thing now, but apparently it's um, still something to fear about. But now I have to wake up even darker, even colder, 
de-icer, travel in the car. So yeah, um, screwing farmers, I'm totally with Homer here. Homer's, <laughs> I don't know how long he's been in the job for, but I can't imagine the console he's got at home and at work is that different because he does not know Toffee about a processor. Like, you can't even recognize escape, pig up and pig down and the tab <laughs> and button there. Yeah, and yeah, it just yeah, yeah. it just makes you think like, what does he actually? I don't want to sound like that that um shocky comedian, but what do what does he do at your job? What do you do at your job, Homer? Yeah, I know it blows the mind. Also, the um oldy, tiny, clunky computer that they have is so like different from the massive nuclear database, and it just kind of makes me laugh that like Burns installs this, thinking it can like do the same task. Even though it clearly can for some weird reason. But we see how easy Homer's job is. It's essentially, it's essentially entering yes or no into a load of pop-up commands there. <laughs> and um, he seems to be acing it. Homer's acing his job now. And um, Bart and Lisa have to go to school while he stays at work. He rubs her face in it, especially Lisa. <laughs> and Lisa says, Oh, but I like school. Oh, yeah. Why don't well, you go and live there? <laughs> yeah. I would if I could. Do you have a certain uh, location that if you could live there, Sasha, um, it would be your true haven? I know you frequent um, the library a lot for a bit of peace and quiet and a bit of uh, time and punishment reading and what have you. Do you have your uh, dream safe haven you could sleep at? I do love a good library. I. Not to be cheesy, but like I also really like where I am. I have a quite a nice flat here in Nottingham. I have a nice person I live with who pays a lot of the bills, um, and you know it's all good. But um, yeah, there's nowhere that really springs to mind that isn't just like vague in the realms of my imagination. You know, I mean, you can send me to a beach anywhere and I'd be fine. But I couldn't name you a particular one. What about you? I don't mean to sound like a boring. A typical boring straight British lad, but um, there's a particular pub in Sheffield that was near and dear to my heart through my time at university and onwards. It's called the Nursery Tavern, known to locals as the Tav. Mondays and Wednesdays was £1 pints and mixes. They do a great quiz, great atmosphere, a great jukebox if you love your 80s and 90s and your obscure shite noughties pop. Yeah, honestly, if I could have a bunk bed there, I would love it. My liver wouldn't, oh. but I would. <laughs> That's totally valid. Also, a Nottingham house, while we're talking about Sheffield pubs, is definitely worth a mention. Ah, yes, folks. If you like um, controversial opinion here, Sasha might disagree, but if you like um, so-so pies and but beautiful oh. double-cooked chips, yeah, I went there. What are you going to do about it? Oh, my gosh. Okay, we'll be. Uh, I'll see you outside after the podcast and we can fight this one out. And this gets to... um. I guess this is meme count number two, folks. Lisa's disgusted or ashamed with Homer, but Bart is quite inspired, you know. Um, he wants to be a workman. He wants to be a fat guy in workman's comp, just like Dad. And there's a lot of fantasy and dream sequences here, folks, but they're all beautiful. They're all perfectly crafted. And um, we see a 300, God, maybe in a 500 pound bar in bed with a lot of media around him. I wash myself with a rag on a stick. I wash myself with a rag on a stick. The jowls on Bart and his 
he's all blubber. He's like a real life whale. And um, you just get to see him like almost slip the rag on the stick behind him. And then he cuts a bar and he's, he's still doing the voice from life. <laughs> and he creeps, <laughs> and he creeps out Lisa with it so much that she um, clears off. I've seen this. Um, yeah. I've seen this meme so much among the pages there. Yeah. People like to chop and change like what the rag on the stick is. Oh, I'm literally looking for something like now. equally yeah. disgusting. I'm, uh, yeah, no, I, okay, okay. I see what you mean. The internet has uh, delivered on this one. Lisa, you know, hurries off to Marge and says, you know, oh, what are you going to do about this? You know, this is, uh, this is creepy. This is wrong. Are you going to intervene, mum? And Marge saying, oh, you know, I'd like to, but, you know, your father's so sensitive. Remember when I laughed at his Sherlock Holmes hat? He's like, <laughs> He groped about it for two weeks, then shut down his detective agency. Like, I never got the, um, I just thought, oh, no, um, obviously when I was a lot younger, I just thought, oh, you know, Homer pretended he was Sherlock Holmes, and that is the joke. And then <laughs> future me was just thinking now, like, no, wait, he actually followed through with this dream of being Sherlock Holmes, invested money into building a detective agency all through buying a fucking hat there, because of course it is, of course it is, because it's Homer. But maybe if um, Marge puts on a different voice instead of a typical nagging voice, you know, Homer might be more receptive there. <laughs> uh, Marge in these, um, quote, golden uh, era seasons there, she's just awkwardly and sort of mumsly so cute and um, simple there. <laughs> like trying to do like a sweet version, then a like an annoyed version of voice, but then some sort of peculiar... I'd, how would you describe that third voice where she's like, Homer... How would you describe that, Sash? I don't know. Just let me listen again briefly. Maybe if I use my least nagging tone of voice. Homer. 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 That's it. That's the one. All right. Send them on in. Homer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, It's a bit of a weird lilt to it, isn't it? I'm not quite sure um, at what situation she would um, have to go with that voice because she didn't go with that voice for the... um, intervention there but um yeah speaking of cake um that's exactly what lisa does for homer says oh uh you know mum baked some cake he runs in and he's so happy his little sort of waddle in there and marge just stern as ever there i will say um i will happily throw myself under the bus um <laughs> this is um this is the exact same face uh <laughs> my mum gave me when she found out um i tried a free account on a certain site she has that same sort of disappointed stare that um, sent shivers down my spine. This is where um, Marge starts listing the pros and cons, waiting more towards the cons to prove a point of why Homer's weight is such a bad thing. You know, con, you're leaving the air condition on, it's freezing. Con, you're a bad example to your kids. Con, you know, you're endangering everyone around you. And this gets, um, you know, genuinely concerning because, you know, the, the sting of the music's there. Um, and you know, one of the big honest things, and I guess this happens with a lot of relationships, folks saying, uh, she doesn't feel that, um, physically attracted to him. Now, um, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to leave you with a big question, Sasha, of, you know, or how important is looks and physical attraction is to people. But, um, I mean, I mean, what did you think this genuine little intervention in this little, minor sad tone of Marge opening up to Homer here. Yeah, it's, you know, we've not had, like, a big emotional note in the episode so far, so putting this in the middle, it's like, oh, yeah, actually, this is 
it's all been kind of silly and Homer's living it up but it's like oh actually there are consequences here and obviously it's uh, valid I think for Marge to be kind of worried about him but um yeah it's like definitely not uh it's definitely not a non-standard conflict you know I'm sure this is something that like people go through like you know you're changing and this is happening and yeah it's just like quite a powerful scene really in the middle of what's otherwise a quite like comedic satirical episode after this um sort of awkward intervention there homer's um still living his best life folks still um succeeding and perspiring and he's busy saying y-e-s yes 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 every single command and um this is where the uh boredom shall we say he's being his successful big fat dynamo self yes yes that was a killer line as well in the intervention this is where the boredom of working at home and the sort of stagnancy um starts to set in for homer there um now as someone who is now in a part-time schedule but also you know works on your own passion projects again your own commissions as well could you relate yeah. to uh, any of what Homer's going through here? Are you forcing dogs to sit on the floor? Are you washing your fat guy hat with new softener? <laughs> um, maybe doing the equivalent of those that isn't those things. Um, yeah, you do kind of get... It's, it can be quite claustrophobic. Well, how, how do you beat the blues of, um, I don't know, say you've got X amount of stuff to do and you start procrastinating or... You've got you've finished everything you've wanted to do in the day, and it's already like twelve p.m. So you're finding stuff to do. How how do you beat that? Um, go out, get outside, get out of the house. Basically, yeah, that's a big thing. Also, if you're working from home, try not to stay in your house all day. Like, try and go to the library or go to a coffee shop and like do like at least a couple of hours of work there, and sort of don't you know get up and get in your clothes and out of pyjamas at a reasonable time and basically just sort of really give yourself the structure that you're not being given by external forces it's quite a difficult thing to do and requires self-discipline but like it's super super important i think and whilst um homer's busy working or not even working now he just seems to be watching the soaps now making sure uh you know she doesn't get apricot number one i mean it's not quite east eastenders uh there sash but um <laughs> yeah he's busy watching soaps in there and he's even got an audience that he's not aware of. Bart with his well, so-called friends, Millhouse, Nelson and Jimbo are there. And they're saying, oh, what kind of t- job has your dad got, uh, safety inspector? Well, he's not doing much. Because he's, um, he's just batting the keyboard with a broom now. He's trying to maximise the least amount of effort in his stay-at-home job now, which... I mean, I can respect now, but like you say, um, you can sort of see the boredom setting in and what sort of a dull life um, he's starting to lead now. You get to see a, a bit of uh, so-called aggression. Homer, um, after Lisa's defending Homer, saying, you know, oh, you know, maybe the size of a house, but, you know, he's a sweet man with feelings as well. Homer sees the kids and, hey, don't make me close that shade. Like, he's not going to do anything. He just gives up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Homer. It's quite cute how Lisa sticks up for him. But then it's just all completely underwritten by this, like, ridiculous comic moment. But Homer, you know, he can't stand the cabin fever anymore. So he, he sticks he his best on his cape, cape on. And... <laughs> yeah. I'd completely forgotten about this cape. But this is definitely one of my favourite parts. Yeah. He goes out to try and see a show and... Watch a film there because he's left someone covering for him and it's a little um, 
drinking water bird. He's got just hitting the Y, Y, Y button all the time. Very smart idea. So he goes out, cape and all, to um, honk if you're horny. But the um, the squeaky voice teen, man in the um, booth in the cinema, says, you know, oh, I have to speak to my manager. And they're not going to let Homer in because he's a gentleman with a certain carriage, you know, violating the fire health and safety codes. And Homer gets a lot of persecution. One from, um, I believe it's a sarcastic voice guy going, Hey, Fatty, I've got a film for you. The fridge too far. I'm terribly sorry, sir, but I'm afraid our facilities are not equipped to meet your needs. What are you talking about? Well, what I'm saying, sir, is that a man of your carriage couldn't possibly fit in our seats. I could sit in the aisle. I'm afraid that would violate the fire code. Hey, Fatty, I got a movie for you. A fridge too far. <laughs> Yep, that is definitely um, a thing that happens. It's, yeah, this is the part where you kind of start to see the actual sort of not-so-charmed life side of things on top of the boredom. It's the, you know, criticism from outside uh, forces, etc. And uh, Homer's sort of quite indignant fury about the whole thing as well. Now, this is where I think, as much as the episode, maybe they could have done a tiny bit more of I don't know, Homer wheezing or sweating whilst he's at work. But um, this is where I'd say the episode strikes a good balance between, like Sasha said before, you know, the positivity of you shouldn't shame everyone and, you know, people who are just overweight are just that. It doesn't mean they're not great, outstanding human beings. And I think you get that a lot with this scene because, um, you know, Homer ends up getting on his high horse there and I, you, you, I, I mean, for myself, you generally start to feel sort of proud for him because he's sticking up and, you know, it's that group mentality and he's bucking against the trend and standing against the group there. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the scene, Sash, for uh, what it was, as brief as it was. And he gets to exit swiftly in his cape as well. I love that little bit of animation. Oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. That's a great character moment. Homer's spurred even more on. He's so, um, he's so inspirational in this episode. He's so positive that he runs back to his... Uh, work and says, you know, oh, I'm going to prove people that, you know, fat people aren't just lazy and, you know, cynical, but it turns out, oh, there's a lot of odd bad noises and bad beeping. Turns out um, it's situation critical and there's an explosion imminent. And that's why we go to the third act, where we find out that the drinking water bird has quite essentially and literally turned on Homer. This is one of my favourite gags in the episode, definitely. Um, the way Homer's like, I can't believe I trusted you with this, and the bird's just like lying there, like broken. It's it's very silly. Yeah, he gives it a little choke like he does with Bart, even does the why you little, and there's a great extra touch on the gag where he goes, oh, this is all my fault, and then the bird just like nodding, nodding very aggressively, yes, yes it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're getting up to the climax now, so um, I guess I'll ask you now, because... I ask this because my favourite scene in this entire episode is coming up soon. Do you have a favourite scene? If so, what is it or what was it? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, my favourite joke from this episode uh, because it's the one that I quote all the time. When Homer's trying to get the computer to work and it go, uh, he goes, uh, oh, he gets the instructions on the screen and it's, um, 
press any key to continue. And it's like, well, where's the any key? I can't find it. And I quote it constantly. <laughs> it's just one of those like random things that like stuck with me and it always makes me laugh. What's your favourite scene? We'll get to it right now. Is it the ice cream truck? It is the ice cream truck. I'm just going to prelude the bit where he leaves and tries to get on the skateboard and all that. We have Homer there. Um, he realises that the, you know, what he's caused, the pressure valve in the large tank needs to be shut off manually. So he sort of tries to phone the power plant first, but he mashes the pad dial with his fat fingers. And even the girl on the end of the phone says, you know, oh, the number you're trying to dial cannot be reached because your fingers are too fat. Please get a dialing wand. Homer's, you know, begrudgingly going to have to turn it off himself. So he runs out of the house, you know, fat, don't fail me now, gets in the car, tires are gone. Tries to get on Bart's skateboard. That splits him too. So then he um, he resorts to trying to hitch a ride with a very convincing sign. Give me ride or everybody die. And don't forget, folks, he's still in his moo-moo there. So it's um, it's sheer insanity now. He thinks he gets one in a nice little green car there. And Dan Castellaneta's performance here of being sort of crazed and panicked then. The speed he goes at. I, I can't even replicate it, but I will uh, drop it in here. But um. That fella in the car speeds away, but he spots an ice cream van. And this is straight up my favourite scene, or it will lead up to my favourite scene in the episode here, folks. When Homer takes hold of the ice cream van, he has the same sort of impassioned, quick, frenetic um, explanation as to why he needs to commandeer the ice cream van. But the ice cream driver just says, take it all you want, man, take it all! (laughs) He just (laughs) gives up like... Oh, it's fantastic. Boots him out. Uh, is that your favourite or is, it, or is it the bit after this? Because I love this bit with Lisa and the elf in the school bus. I heard your dad went into a restaurant and ate everything in the restaurant and they had to close the restaurant. Hey, my dad may have gained a little weight, but he's not some kind of food-crazed maniac. Oh, oh the raspberry. Oh. This is it, Sash. This is um, the bit. We finally have it now. Um, Ralph just dips over to the bus seat to Lisa and says, I heard your dad went to a restaurant once and ate everything in the restaurant and they had to close the restaurant. And Lisa being as sweet as ever in this episode, episode saying, hey, my dad may weigh a few extra pounds, but he's not kind of some food-crazed maniac. And you hear the chimes in the distance and you see Homer shoving ice cream in his mouth and the, oh, oh that's raspberry. And it- <laughs> Drives off, beefing the horn. It's magnificent. Lisa just does this little, oh, <laughs> little like, sigh. Of, oh my god! Of course, that had to happen. Right, that moment, that comic timing of that is absolutely excellent. I will say as well, raspberry is my favourite kind of fruit flavour. So, um, little me and grown up me hit hard whenever I rewatch this. As well, because I have the same intensity for that fruit flavour as well. Again, Homer is ever so much more relatable in this episode than uh our previous reviews, folks. Homer speeds on down in the ice cream van and he breaks through the gate and uh, Burns is doing one of his other famous um, exercises through. Um, I will say one of the highlights of Burns' exercises, you know, the push out the jive, bring in the love <laughs> with his fingers Classic. there. Old school Burns. Yeah, this whole bit is just like so over the top. It's delightful. I mean, I like the detail of just... Um, the long shot of Homer's speed and you see his manic face like it's like when you want your car to go fast you sort of nod your head a bit like go 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 with his gritted teeth he gets a load more of the employees jumping on him because they genuinely think 
oh, it's ice cream, and they all try and swarm it, a couple get on it. As he starts to drive up one of the cooling towers as well, it gets ever so cartoony, but it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You get a couple of them say, you know, oh, I'll take a bottle rocket, and what can I get for 30 cents? I'll just say, um, that guy can go to hell. I've met many people like that guy saying, and it always seems to be when you're in a queue getting, I don't know, fish and chips or whatever, or stuff from a canteen, like, uh, I've got 150, what can I get for 150? Or they're always saying, uh, have you got any fish? No. Uh, have you got anything like fish? No. F- have a decision and then move on. Or come with a backup plan. Don't come with this bullshit. So, yeah, um, they're really stewing me, those kind of, what can I get for 30 cents, people, Sash? I don't know if I'm just venting my own personal <laughs> hang-ups here. But... <laughs> no, no, I think that's valid. I totally think that's valid. You know, you don't want to be holding up the queue. I think, um, yeah. You fit, clearly feel strongly about the issue, so, and this is your podcast, so you know, vent away. Homer smashes the ice cream van, but it doesn't stop, and he charges off into the distance with a little funny line here as well. There's still some fella trying to get ice cream. He's ah, like, oh, heck, I can't decide without the pictures, which is the same with me with choosing from the ice cream van. If I can't see a photo of a Maxibon or you know a Scrooble Scramble, then you know, ah, oh, what's the point? It will put me right off. I guess very quickly. Um, you're a fan of the ice cream man um, what was your favourite ice cream from the ice cream van? I'm a big fan of a feast you know the chocolate, the chocolate on the inside can't go wrong with one of them for me I'd probably say the screwball because you've got the little gumball in the end those are very good as well Burns notices this and just says oh don't worry folks there'll be time for the frozen pridden wagon way you still owe me ten more Iroquois twists one hi oh ten hi yeah yeah <laughs> again lovely animation great little uh Burns character moment there and this sets up uh in world clock and this is where it I mean I don't say it's a perfect episode because it's never up there in my top 10 but this is perfectly constructed and crafted you now get the in world clock and it helps build tension sash and then you get the swell of the dramatic music as well and then it constantly cuts back to Burns going seven hi yeah yeah you get the humour and you get the drama there. I love this uh, climax. I love this final few scenes, Sash. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And um, it's so dynamic and so sort of over the top at the same time that it's something that can only be done through the medium of animation. And that's excellent. It's just like such a... It's so well-crafted. I totally agree with you. Yeah, you have Homer um, getting up on top of the nuclear tank there, sweating away, rubbing, uh, rubbing the beads of sweat off him with his moo-moo. And he's slowly reaching across the panel and you get the countdown of burns and the swell of the music. And, you know, suddenly, you know, the the stairs break, the bridge breaks and he's hanging on there, still trying to reach. You know, he wishes he has his reaching broom now, folks. But, um, you know, you think it's all over. But then what you think he's going to have like a Einstein moment of genius where, wait a minute, if I reroute this and sort of jig about with this. But no, he doesn't even have time to bring it out of that line. It's wait a minute, there's got to be an valve goes, and in a matter of seconds, it's, you know, chaos to order. You just seem sort of flip within the gas, and then, again, um, I love the um, animation of sort of plugged up smoke, because you you can't really tell it's off. um, Homer ends up out of the frame here, folks, but you get to see like a little whoop, like a bottle getting filled up, there's great foley on this and the little smoke plumes that you get from if you close something off there. I love the attention to detail. But then we cut to um, you know, an audience clapping. It turns out Homer's um, 
diverted a massive nuclear accident and you think he's sitting down, sort of zooms out while Burns gives him his medal and he is plugged. He's very much plugged the valve up there and um, he's getting decontaminated and he's getting hosed down. Homer gives him, uh, you know, one sort of promise, you know, if there's anything I can do, just name it. And Marge smiles and that's when, you know, Homer must finally do the right thing. And so he asks, Mr. Burns, can you make me slim again? I guarantee it. Mr. Burns, can you make me thin again? I guarantee it. One. 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 But I'll just pay for the blessed liposuction. Woohoo! And then we cut to night time, folks, and I don't know how long he's been there, but you just get to see this big marshmallowy Homer in his pants, and Burns just trying to instruct him to do one. One sit up. One. <laughs> so good. I'd completely forgotten about the scene and it just made me laugh like good, long and loud laugh for like a good solid minute. It's just like such a perfect ending, especially the dialogue as well, which I'm sure I'll let you introduce in a moment. Yeah, no, I, I always seem to forget about this as well because I just think, oh, they plug it up and that's it. But no, you get the, um, I suppose you get, there's no real sort of consequences in this episode, but I like the Saki ending of, you know, Burns is trying to keep him fit with the setup, but then he just gives up. He goes, oh, "I'll get, I'll give you the blessed liposuction." Woohoo! From Homer. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so he doesn't even learn a just lesson excellent. there. He just, he just ends up winning, folks. So fair play to him. What I like about this episode is that all the laughs come sort of not at the expense of a family member. Like I, some of the episodes I've been on, like. It's sort of Lisa or Marge gets the short end of the stick or kind of something quite actually depressing happens. But this one, it's just like a silly adventure. It all goes back to normal at the end. No one sort of loses out in any big way. Um, Homer learns a lesson and that's it really. So it's quite sort of lighthearted on the whole. And I kind of really like that about this. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I do fully agree with you. I'd say for this whole episode, um, like I say, it's not the greatest of the great, but I'll tell you what it is. It's a very good, it's a very solid episode. There's one, con- yeah, there's not even a B-plot in here, folks. Just realise that. It's just one continuous story. There's loads of little great character moments from your tertiary characters. Um, you get to see Homer as this positive force, this changed man, even though there is um, negative connotations to it. Uh, there's great jokes, great animation. Um, this is peak Simpsons, folks. Uh, I can't give it any more praise. So with that, and I guess we'll move on to our rankings. Uh, doing so, I would happily give this a. Ooh, I'm dancing. I'm dancing between two. I'll go four out of five. Uh, Mumus. Now how? Now I probably took that unique ranking away from you there, Sash, because Mumu. I've just been seeing Mumus on screen the whole time now through the review. Uh, how would you? I guess you already gave me a review, but how would you rank this uh, on the whole? I um, I think I'd agree with your assessment. I think uh, four out of five uh, nodding birds would be um, would be what I'd give it. All right, perfect, nice matching. Okay, um, that's going to be it for this episode, folks. Um, I'll get uh, you in with another little plug there, uh, Sash. Where can we find you for all your projects, um, art, and just uh, general mishaps? How can we find you? Um, if you want to look me up on the internet, you can Google Soul Muppet Publishing. 
or you can find me on Twitter at Spirit Jam. That's SP number one, R I T J A M, Spirit Jam. Um, and yeah, that's basically where I am on the internet these days, so come find me over there if you're so inclined. Okay, let's pull on that random episode generator and see what comes out next. Get ready to hail to the bus driver and shred next, boat dude! Because we're going to season three with The Otto Show. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, that's Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a Simpsons podcast. Same with Twitter and our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.